Welcome to New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit newhoperock.org. That's newhoperoc.org. so excited. Um, it's been a, a long, fun week. My husband's birthday, and he is so wonderful that he needs to be celebrated the entire month. And so I lovingly honor that and say, whatever you like, honey. And, um, and so we had a great little party yesterday, and um, every single one of you were invited, and if you don't feel like you were, you're not on Facebook, because I had a little dinner party scheduled, and then my husband went on Facebook and said, anybody who wants to come to my party, you're welcome. So we just did it. We made it work, and it was wonderful and awesome. So um, if, you, if you didn't make it, that's okay. There will be another time next year when he has a party. He will invite every single person. He's just like that. So we've been talking about worship and what it looks like to be um, a person who lives a life of a worshiper. And so um, I would just want to read some scriptures and then pray and get into it. I want to read um, Psalm 34 in the NIV. And I don't know, I, I'm going to spring this on the guys in the back, but they're so amazing and talented. I think if I talk a little bit longer, they can have it ready on the screen. So Psalm 34 and the NIV verses 1 through 15. Just give me a little minute, and I'm going to just read through it if you want to read through it with me. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Those who took to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Can you shout amen? Shame is not our portion, church. The poor man called, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. There's more than enough in the kingdom. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may go, grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Can you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that brings truth and life. For the living word of who you are, Jesus, revealed in scripture. That's what I thank you for. By the Holy Spirit, revealing all truth to us. I pray it would be on hearing ears and open hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have five uh, children. I have five of the most wonderful, beautiful, amazing, anointed children on the planet. Don't argue with me because I believe it with all my heart. 
So um, we had four, and we were like, this is so perfect. I've got a boy and a girl and a boy and a girl, and they're, they're just this perfect little mix of kids, and their ages are perfect, and I'm about to send my youngest off to kindergarten, and I feel freedom on the horizon. <laughs> and then I got pregnant. And now I, my Layla, my tiny little fiery redhead, is the most wonderful thing ever. And all of the kids think she's my favorite. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so um, being pregnant with number five and uh, four in grade school and with their lives, and it was crazy and a pastor's wife I was like I was tired and I know there's some mamas in here you've got like five six or maybe more I don't know so you you can feel me you can hear me like you're just tired and I had all my kids in my 20s except Layla and I know being 30 and pregnant doesn't seem like a big deal but I was even more tired I'm just like this is I was tired so there's this one night, and I was supposed to be in church, but I was late because it was a Wednesday, and um, we're all sitting at the dinner table, and Zach's already at church, and I'm sitting with my kids, and we're eating, I think, probably Taco Bell, and I don't know how many times that week we had had Taco Bell <laughs> because I was tired. <laughs> I was tired of cooking and tired of cleaning. I was just tired. Um, and you know, kids, they want to eat all the time. It's like lunchtime. They're like, I'm hungry. I'm like, I just fed you breakfast. <laughs> and then they want to eat dinner. It's like, how many times a week do I have to feed you dinner? <laughs> Jeez. So, so we're sitting at the table and I'm tired and I'm looking at my kids. And so we're having this awesome open conversation and my son uh, my daughter, late, uh, Hannah, I think she was probably like eight or nine. I don't even remember. She's like, Mom, I had to wear Josiah's underwear today. <laughs> Josiah's her little brother. And I was like, sorry, sorry, babe. And Josiah's like, Hannah, just go commando, because that's what I do. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, overwhelming bad mom just is like rushing over my whole body. And I'm looking at the table, I'm like, we've had fast food probably three nights this week, so I'm feeding my kids terribly. There's no clean underwear for Hannah, and Josiah knows what commando means. <laughs> what is happening in my household? And how many, how many know, like, we in our life, there are these times where we're faced with just like life just smacks us right in the face. And it, you're just like, how am I supposed to worship in this environment? How am I supposed to like not be defeated, not walk in shame, not carry this stuff in my life? And so when I was reading this psalm, and um, I love the first scripture, and it, it says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. How is that even possible? 
I mean, you know, I know a couple bad words. I don't ever say them. <laughs> I'll let you believe that if you want to. <laughs> you know, when David wrote this portion of Psalms, um, when he wrote this song, right, because all of Psalms are just songs that David sang or a different um, psalmist sang during their, their life, during their time. When he wrote this, he was actually had just started running from Saul. And he was faced with this king, Achish, and it's in 1 Samuel 21, and you can go back and read. It's the center part of the chapter. And he was face to face with this king, and they were saying, isn't this David the one they sing the songs about? Isn't that David the one that they say Saul um, slain his thousands, but David slain tens of thousands? And so he's faced with this king, knowing that he's running from Saul, knowing that he's in this place where, does this king, like, have compassion for Saul? Is he going to kill me? Like, they're, they're talking about all of the great things I have done. And so David, like any really... Um, awesome pastor that has all of his, you know, uh, mental things together. He's just very astute man of God. He begins to wail around and drool and act like a crazy person. <laughs> it says he was scratching the gates and drool was coming out of his mouth and he was pretending like he was crazy because I think that's a good response when you're faced with death. Like, you know, Saul might want to kill me and everything, um, and they're talking about all the wonderful things I did, so I'm just going to pretend like I'm, you know, from a mental ward, because then maybe he won't kill me. And in the middle of that, and his response, that's when he writes this psalm. That's when he writes this beautiful psalm about fearing the Lord and letting his praise always be on our mouth. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know what scenario would make me actually act like a crazy person. I want people to think the opposite. So I pretend I'm not crazy. <laughs> right? You know, sometimes, like, if, if people saw me when I was home with my children and what actually happened. <laughs> but consistently through the life of David, his imperfections. I mean, if you think about the example that we're supposed to have of somebody who's a worshiper, I technically, after you read the life of David, would not pick him. I don't know about how many of you would. Like, an adulterer and his children didn't even like him, and it's like... Can his kids even like him a little bit? But they kind of didn't. Like, you know, and, and this guy who kind of always was mismatched and kind of not always making the right decision. And But he's our example of what a life of worship is supposed to be. And I think, what, what did he have that we might miss? What were the things that David held close to his heart that we could learn from? And so there's these uh, three things that I, I, I pulled out of the text. I know Zach messes around and he, he says, I didn't come to Las Vegas to preach three points and a poem. 
I know he didn't, but I did. It's just, I'm, I'm kidding, because it's like my style of preaching. I really just like to pull out three points. It just makes it easy for my mind. It's the way I work. But the first thing I see is this, this quote that resonates in my heart. I will praise him at all times. I will praise him at all times. I love it in the New King James. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So I go back to that moment at the table and think, how can I let this moment with my kids be a moment of blessing? And I just laughed with them. Laughed at me, laughed at the circumstances, and I didn't take myself too seriously. I said, God, you know what? I have funny kids that don't hold me hostage to my bad mistakes. I'll bless you. God, the world around us seems like crazy times, but I will bless you at all times. You know, sometimes if you listen to the wrong source, your heart will be postured towards negativity. Your heart will be postured to see things from this earthly state. You know, the kingdom of God calls us higher. So Jesus, when he died and he was raised again, he didn't just come back alive. He was raised, he ascended into heaven, and then he sat at the right hand of the Father. So the Bible says. And because of the resurrected power of Jesus, as a Christian, you sit with him. So many times we allow the earth's vision or perspective to cloud ours. Oh, there's this really good quote. I quoted it last time I preached, so it's fine. I don't need to do it again. Um, Bill Johnson said this really powerful thing about if you're discouragement, if you're discouraged, well, I, I don't even remember. It's okay. I'll find it. But if we allow Earth's perspective to dictate our heart, to dictate our attitude, we don't know where we sit. When he said, I will bless the Lord at all times, you don't think he felt like all hell was breaking out around him too? You don't feel like maybe he knew like the king was pursuing him to kill him? That he was having to hide in caves and act like he was crazy so he wouldn't die. I think that our persecution that we might feel personally is nothing like that. So what is our perspective? What is our perspective? 
I will bless the Lord at all times. Anyone who has more input from the media than the word of God, their discouragement is self-inflicted. That's what Bill Johnson said. I'll say it again. Anyone who has more input from the media than the word of God, their discouragement is self-inflicted. You know, I think about, um, I'm going to totally mess up this this story, but I think it was like Elisha and Elijah, and they were looking at a dry, um, a bed full of dry bones. And I was like, what do you see? I see dry bones. God sees an army. Ezekiel. Thanks, babe. It's Ezekiel. What do you see? What do we see in our city, church? What do we see in our community, church? Do you see dry bones? God sees an army. See, we don't see church as usual because we see what God wants to do. When we came here in February, I remember feeling the, um, the atmosphere so ripe. Not just in this church, yes, but in this city. It was like the, the bones of the city were crying out for a move of God. Church as usual is not going to be enough to see what God wants to do. That's why off the page is refreshing. That's why off the page is the refuge. All right, let me get back to my notes. So I will bless the Lord at all times. When? All times. When? All times. You know, in um, Las Vegas, a family that we love, and if you're watching, I love you guys so much. I love you. The Mestices, my heart is with you. They just lost their son-in-law, 23 years old, to bone cancer, a rare bone cancer, and we've been praying with them for the last two, three years. Believing God for a miracle. And I believe God for a miracle. Even when I don't see it, he's working. And the enemy, the devil, is a liar. He is a liar. He is a liar. And he is a thief. And so I am with you, my family. When you guys are watching the messages, I'm with you. I love you. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when, Jesus, have mercy. I will bless you at all times. Even when what I pray for doesn't happen. I trust you, Papa. You don't cause cancer, but you will work this out to your good somehow, some way. I know you will. Comfort. I'll bless you at all times. That's what it means to have his praise continually abide in our mouth. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter what's happening down the street. It doesn't even matter what's happening in my house. I will still bless the Lord at all times. The second thing I, th I see that David is a life, he has a lifestyle of the fear of the Lord. And I don't like some people's description of the fear of the Lord because I'm not afraid of God. He delivered me from that. <laughs> See, sometimes we get saved and then we need to be delivered from other things, and so God has to teach us who he really is. 
you know that picture when we promoted the STSL um, thing where it's like Zeus? How many grew up thinking God was like Zeus? You know, it didn't help we had songs that said he, like there's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist, which is like the definition of what Zeus is. So it didn't help us, you know, like I grew up on that stuff. So God delivered me from being afraid of him. If you're afraid of God, he can deliver you too. Just ask him right now in your seat. There you go. That's it. It's easy. So I want to talk about what the fear of the Lord actually is. What the fear of the Lord actually is, is this reverential awe, awareness of his presence. Um, my husband actually teaches it like this. It's like to respect. To, to respect, to have your eyes refocus on what's there. It's like if you're alone in a room and you feel somebody come in the room and you feel that presence enter into a room and then you turn to see what's there, that's the fear of the Lord. I remember um, years ago, and I, I told this story at our vision night, um, so if you already heard it, I apologize, you get to hear it again, but um, I remember I was seven years old, and my mom's the m most amazing woman. Hi, Mom. She's on the front row. She came for 10 days. She's going to be here for 30. <laughs> she just keeps extending her trip. I'm not sad about it. Every single stitch of my children's laundry is done. Thank you, <laughs> Jesus. Nobody's going to be starting school in each other's underwear. Not this time. Um, so I was, my mom is the most amazing, wonderful, wonderful woman on the planet. But um, we had, I had a stepfather who was extremely abusive and brought a lot of things into the home for a few years, and then Jesus delivered us. Um, but in that time, my heart was very tender to God, and I was very fearful of my, just my surroundings. And so I would pray in my room every night, and we would pray, and we, like, my mom taught us how to pray. Like, I got saved at five and filled with the Holy Spirit at seven. I've been speaking in tongues as long as I've been walking. So, like... <laughs> She did some good stuff, right? Um, and so, like, I was in this moment where I would just pray at night, and I would just pray, God, keep me safe through the night. Just keep me safe through the night. And, um, and I remember this one night, and it was like the Lord was showing me how safe he was keeping me. And as I'm praying, I think I have thin eyelids. Does anybody have thin eyelids? If there's one little crack of light, I'm awake. Like, I think my eyelids are thin. So as I'm praying, <laughs> bunny trails, okay, as I'm praying, I see this light in my room, fill my room. I could see it. I open up my eyes, and there are five angels around my bed. I was seven years old, and I will not forget this, encounters with God, and I saw them with my physical eyes. Now, I saw things when I was younger that I haven't seen as an older person, and I'd like to see them. Jesus, I would like for you to let me see them again. So I saw these five angels, and light filled my room, and I remember this feeling in my heart that I can't explain because I wasn't afraid, from like a fearful afraid, but I was struck in awe sitting in my bed. And I was like, what is this? Okay, I have peace, but this is really scary. Um, but thank you, Jesus, for showing me. That's what the fear of the Lord is. 
you know, I hear like Bill Johnson will talk about like the Holy Spirit like a dove and you don't want to move too fast or the dove will lift your shoulders. Oh, the Hogans aren't here right now, but pray for little Marissa. Her little birdie flew away. You know, like that, like, like you have like precious things to you and if you move too fast, I feel like that's with my kids. Like you just go through time and time and time and then all of a sudden, they're grown up and starting college, and I'm just like, <laughs> stay home forever. Never leave me. I don't know why, especially my boys. Like, you're never, ever getting married. <laughs> my son's like, I think I want to move on campus, like, in two years. And I was like, okay. And he's like, but I still want my room. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I won't touch it. You can just come back whenever you want. But the fear of the Lord is not like I'm afraid of God. You don't have to be afraid of God. But there is this awe inside of your heart that says, I want to do everything possible to make sure that our connection is not broken. I want to do everything possible to make sure that you know how I feel in my heart. I want to do everything possible, God, to say yes to what you're saying to me. I want to make sure that people know who I serve. I want to make sure people know who I serve. What is your job, church? Your job is to make sure that every person you encounter encounters who lives inside of you. It's about the encounter. You've encountered the one, the only one. So I live with the fear of God. I want every person I encounter to encounter the one that's encountered me. The fear of the Lord, David lived with his praise continually abiding, God's praise in his mouth, the fear of the Lord in his heart. And the third thing is the promise that God will deliver you. David knew that no matter where he found himself, God would deliver him. No matter where we find ourselves, no matter what pit we are in, no matter what deep place, what valley, or what mountaintop, God will find us and he will deliver us. Might not look like what we think it looks like, but he's with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is with us. In Psalm um, 37, 25, in the Passion Translation, this is so good. I was once young, but now I'm old. Not, let's just power pause. I know some of you have no compassion for me right now. But I'm going to be 39 in two weeks. Now I know why my mom, my entire life, was like, how old are you, mom? 39 and holding. Now I know why you said it all those years. She can't be 39 and holding anymore because now I am <laughs> her daughter. So when I'm old, Jesus, you will make Botox. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I feel like I'm 20, and I feel like I look like I'm 25. 
and I don't care if you don't agree with me. <laughs> so I will continue to tell people when we're out in public that my daughters are my sisters and I'm just babysitting. Have compassion on me because 40's around the corner and I'm freaking out. Okay, Psalm 37. <laughs> Says the old man on the front row is 45. I love you. And he's, yeah, yeah. Okay, Psalm 37, 25. I was once young and now I am old. Not once have I found a lover of God forsaken by him, nor have any of their children gone hungry. There's such a promise from God. I have not once found a lover of God forsaken by him. There is this beautiful beautiful, resonating promise in the scripture. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is with us in the valley and with us on the mountaintop. He is with us in our lowest places and he's with us when we're soaring over every circumstance. God is with us. God is for us. It doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like, but I promise you it's always worth it when you say yes to him. I promise you it's always worth it when you're a lover of God. I promise you he is worth more than anything this world has to offer I promise you I promise you being a lover of God is worth more than anything that we can imagine it's worth more than we can ever imagine God you have not forsaken me I can think about times in my life where I felt alone. You know, when we planted um, the church in Las Vegas, talk about going from abounding a to abasing. My husband was in um, the mortgage industry in Las Vegas when it was booming. That was awesome. My checkbook was amazing. My favorite thing to do was shop and have lunch dates. It's the best. <laughs> it really is. Then we became pastors. Seriously. It's like, well, Jesus, why did we say yes to you? <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> I kid, but it's true. Man, I remember this moment. I'm arguing with my husband. And I'm just like, babe, I just, like, I need to make sure, like, the kids have clothes and, like, we have schools. I mean, I was pro I don't even remember what I was frustrated about. But I was complaining about something that had to do with money and the kids. It's like 90% of what I get, up, you know, my upheavals. The kids need more. They need nothing. They literally don't need anything. Um, so I'm frustrated, and I remember having a hanger in my hand as I'm yelling at my husband. <laughs> I was not abusive. 
And I was not going to use it on him. But I just remember, that was like, I remember having this, like, I probably was hanging up clothes and we're talking and I'm a very, like, talk with my hands kind of person. And I was just like, babe, like, I just don't understand. Like, this is what we need. So he's like, Rochelle, you need to worship the Lord. (laughs) And he goes over to the corner. You can start playing Mary whenever you want. He goes over to the corner, and we had, um, in our bedroom, our master bedroom, we had an office with a computer in the corner. He goes over to the corner, and he puts on this Rita Springer song for me. She was like my life source. You need somebody to help you get through some valleys? Put on some Rita Springer. She is a fiery worship leader. So he goes over, and he puts on this song. And in the song, it's like, all I need to do is worship. (laughs) He, He was gracious. I say it meanly, but he was so gracious. All I need to do is say his name out loud. All I need to do is lift my hands, surrender, and bow down. It was all I needed in that moment. It's all I needed to do. Because in his presence, when you're worshiping, the things that make our mind wander, the things that make us run astray, like little children. You know, when Jesus talks about him being the shepherd of our soul, shepherds are not necessarily nice to their sheep, especially not to the ones that run away. They actually break their legs. And I'm not saying that that's God, but what I'm saying is there's a correction in the spirit that happens. And in that moment, Jesus adjusted my heart. All I need to do is worship. All the stuff fades. What does it look like to be a lover of God, to live a life of worship, to be a worshiper, church? What does it look like to be a worshiper? It's not when I stand on the front row lifting my hands. That's a part of it. But what it is is when I'm in my valleys, when I'm in my broken places, when I don't understand what's going around me, when I don't understand, God, why why is this happening? Why are cities burning? Why are people dying? I don't understand, God, but I get to a place in your presence and I bow down and I say all I need to do is worship church our job is not to pick political sides our job is not to declare our stance on Facebook Church, your job is to shine with the glory of God, and that happens when you're a worshiper. All I need to do is say his name out loud. How do we shine, church, when it feels like there's darkness around us? Do what you were created to do and worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Oh.
We worship you. Can you lift your hands with me? Do you feel him calling you? Do you feel the presence of the Lord in this place? I'm sorry, but there is nothing like your presence, God. There is nothing like you, Jesus. There is not one voice on the earth that can compare to the voice of heaven. There is not one stance that can be taken that compares to the stance on my knees. There is nothing that compares to you, Papa. So it doesn't matter what it looks like, I will worship. And I pray for our church, our community here would shine like a beacon of light and truth. That we would be a place of refuge for the broken and hope to the hopeless. How do you love people that think differently than you? Become a worshiper. How do you love people that look differently than you? Become a worshiper. It's our priority. So, Papa, I pray right now your presence on every person in this room. Flood our heart. Flood our heart. Teach us to bless you at all times. Teach us to have a, a fear of your presence we're not afraid of you, God, but we stand in awe of who you are. We stand in awe of your goodness. We stand in awe of your faithfulness, and we don't want to move from that place. And we trust that you're with us and that you'll never leave us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Our prayer is that you've heard a now word for your own life and experienced the life-changing presence of God.